TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by two guests uh, from the other side of the world. They're from the Paleo Women podcast. Uh, they're from one from London, one from the United States, Noelle Tarr and Stephanie Rupert. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, hi, thanks. It's great to have you guys on board. This is going to be really fun. I've got two uh, podcast co-hosts with me, so I think we won't be lost for words on this one, but you guys have authentic, <laughs> unfiltered conversations about health fitness, nutrition, mindset, and body image on your show. Um, Noelle is a natural therapy practitioner and certified personal trainer, and Stephanie, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. They have lots of real talk. They, they, just, they say moderately amusing banter. I'm sure it's funnier than that. And empowering it's advice pretty for, moderate. for women it's pretty moderate. <laughs> from women. Um, so... Welcome to the show, Noelle from Coconut and Kettlebells and Stephanie at Paleo for Women. I'm really looking forward to this this talk and chat about your journeys. We'll start with you, Noelle. How did this all come about? How did, what is Why Coconuts and Kettlebells for starters? Oh, man. So many reasons. Actually, uh, this I, I started a, uh, that blog, Coconuts and Kettlebells, a couple years ago. And it really started, my journey started when I left my... Um, my job and started pursuing a career as a nutritional therapy practitioner. Uh, my personal history is, you know, I spent a lot of time um, consumed with health and fitness, specifically, how could I get my body to be smaller? And how could I achieve the performance level I wanted? And um, it totally consumed my life. And I, um, I kind of felt trapped and uh, you know, I spent a lot of my high school and college years and, you know, some of those post-college years just trying to reevaluate what it was that I was doing, but I couldn't get myself out of this. What I felt was like the pursuit of always, you know, ha- just hating my body and trying to change it. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, just out of college, I found paleo and started eating more whole nutrient dense foods. I was actually a vegetarian for about 20 years, which to me did um, that had some very uh, emotional, mental uh, consequences. I did struggle with anxiety quite a bit and I uh, lost my period. I had a lot of um, you know health issues. And so when I started to transition to a more paleo diet, I started to challenge a lot of the beliefs that I had about diet and fitness. And, um, and so kind of free flowing with that was, well, maybe I don't, why, why is it so important to me to just have this sort of um, you know, the specific, this one body type and, and is that actually something that I desire and is that going to make me happy? And so the, my answer kept coming to no. Um, and you know, now I've completely transitioned my life to one that is more focused on, you know, making my body more capable, um, doing more in life and trying to ultimately achieve the things that are going to make me happy, which, you know, time and time again, you know, as I, as I, you know, even to this day reevaluate is spending time with people is traveling is, um, you know, doing things, going places. Um, and, and so that's kind of what I pursue now. And, you know, we kind of, um, 
I, I started talking a lot about this on the blog and just body image and mindset and how much that is, and even just the conventional fitness and health industry and how, um, you know, basically focused it is on weight loss and it gets everybody kind of just one track minded on if I'm losing weight, then I'm getting healthier as opposed to how can I improve the quality of my life and my health in other ways with other metrics, um, you know, and, and looking at the bigger picture. And so um, I absolutely love coconuts and I use it for natural skincare and uh, I use coconut oil, of course, all the time because that's what we all do. And, uh, and I am a personal trainer as well. I've always loved fitness. I recently um, got way into recently in the past few years, got really into kettlebells. And so I really do focus on that a lot. And, um, and I happen to, of course, <laughs> fall in love with Stephanie. Um, she has a very similar, uh, you know, view on life. And so we yeah. became friends because both of us are in the paleo world. So that's kind of how we connected up. Perfect. Well, so. let's jump across to you, Stephanie, and talk a little bit about Paleo for Women, which obviously is your website and blog. Um, what was it that instigated you? What Tell us about your personal journey and what instigated you to start Paleo for Women? Yeah. So I'm not unlike Noelle in that there was a lot of psychological body hating, desperately trying to be fit stuff going on in my life. And this led me to undereat a lot, and I lost my fertility, and I developed um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I was blogging um, and lonely, so just like, I don't know, looking for paleo friends, I guess, um, <laughs> for a while. But then I – and I was researching a lot how to overcome health conditions, you know, my infertility, and I had terrible acne because of the PCOS. And I was doing a lot of research – and I, you know, I always suspected that gaining weight again would help me fix some of these health issues. You know, I was, I was so underweight for, for me. And then I, I read a book of, on feminism. I don't remember what about, but I remember that I just, I, you know, the light bulb went off sitting in a Barnes and Noble when I realized that I was unhealthy because of behaviors that I had sort of um, been that had been pushed on my throat, you know, as a woman in the West today or what have you. And um, I realized that I was unhealthy because of what I was doing, but even it wasn't necessarily my fault because of what I had just been taught my whole life. And I got uh, furious and also for the sake of all the millions of women I know who are in really similar positions. So I started the Paleo Reformen blog and I started to really dig into science, you know, the literature on female bodies and realized that there was a lot going on for women that, that, you know, aren't for men, that weren't for men. And a lot of the studies that prominent people were using to talk about health benefits of certain practices, such as intermittent fasting or a low carbohydrate diet in the literature, you know, men do great, but women don't, but nobody was talking about how mm. the women actually, um, become less insulin sensitive, you know, um, can develop health problems, insomnia and stuff from fasting. Nobody was talking about that, but it was true. And so I started to, um, you know, carry around my little soapbox, uh, for the differences between uh, male and female health and how we need to be paying attention to that. Um, and that often means that women uh, need to eat more, right? You know, we sort of have this fitness ideal, which is fine. You know, fitness is great, but um, when it's tied to aesthetics, you know, the way your body needs to look, it's harmful. I think it can be harmful for anybody, you know, to 
try really hard to be that, but it's um, particularly risky for women just because the female body really, uh, really likes to know that it's fed. It really likes to know that it has some body fat hanging around because pregnancy is a very, you know, physically taxing event. And if women got pregnant on the savannah and weren't well fed, they would die. So the female body really likes to be fed. And this means that we need to pay attention to that more closely than men do. And of course, there are, you know, a whole host of other hormonal consequences of this. When I personally started, you know, when I finally started eating a little bit more, you know, I had been dealing with PCOS for four years. It literally only took me a month, you know, no more than six weeks to get my fertility back. That was all that I had to do was eat more. (laughs) Um, You know, it wasn't kale. It wasn't eggs. It wasn't liver. It wasn't Mm -hmm. some paleo superfood. It was literally eating more. I, I was eating, you know, cereal and, you know, chocolate at the time. So that's sort of what the whole manifesto for paleo for women is. It's this um, need, it's this physiological need, but there's a lot of psychological weight attached to it. And I think that it resonates for a lot of people that have um, fallen into the same trap, which is a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many important topics for us to talk about there. Um, you know, Noel, it, it does seem like uh, a lot of girls particularly get into paleo for reasons other than, I guess, health and wellness, you know, that they often are concerned about those societal pressures Stephanie's talking about and, and losing weight and, you know, clearing up their skin so they, you know, for the aesthetic appearances of it, you know. Um, is that a large part of the reason why you wanted to start this podcast, Noel? Definitely. And I think, you know, we wanted to come at it from a place of two women. You know, we wanted to talk to women from from a place of we've been there. We know how this this goes um, and show women the other side of the coin, what it means to pursue health based on, um, you know, having other motivations beside aesthetics, having other motivations that are based on, you know, taking care of nurturing and loving your body and being an understanding that you can be healthy um, at a variety of weights. There's no one. We found that a lot of women had this one weight in their head that they thought they needed to be, which typically was a weight that they were in high school or, you know, when they were, uh, you know, a child. And so once we kind of found that we were like, let's create, you know, let's help speak to women and create a new um, conversation, which is we can let's pursue balance and health, um, not just physical health, right? Not just what's the weight of my body or, you know, what's the physical health of my body, but also include important things about mental and emotional health. And so that's why we do cover a lot of mindset um, stuff, because as you know, you know, the mind has a huge impact on the body and how our, our, the way we interact with the world mentally and emotionally has an effect on us physically. So they all kind of go together. Yeah. So, Stephanie, for the guys out there who perhaps don't really understand um, the pressures that can be put on girls in society and by society, and I, and I guess also perhaps for the girls out there who perhaps sometimes aren't as consciously aware of how their, uh, their thoughts and actions have been shaped by society, can you talk to us a little bit about you know, what you've discovered about these pressures and what pressures you're put under as a girl growing up in terms of body image, health, wellness, all those sort of areas? Yeah, I think that's a really great thing to talk about because most people uh, wouldn't wouldn't particularly know. Um, it's analogous to when people are like, well, you know, I, I don't, um, not to throw out the F word, but I don't need feminism, right? And then you sort of start showing people the things that have happened to them in their life. You're like, well, look at this. And they're like, oh, crap, you know, um, this is this is kind of the same thing because 
we go through these uh, stages, right? We try to be well, right? And Noelle and I were both like trying to be well. I was eating a very, I was eating a low fat diet and, you know, eating low calorie, right? And um, like low fat, like no, you know, no fat and uh, <laughs> vegetarian. And I was doing these things, you know, yeah, because I wanted to be thin, but also by and large, because, you know, uh, society says, well, this is the healthy thing. You know, we sort of talk about it like it's the healthy thing to do. Going to the gym all the time, for example. Um, these are things that uh, we sort of uh, fall into They're traps and maybe they're rationalizations, but it's problematic because those things are actually can be very detrimental to us in the long run. And so I would caution people to, you know, pay attention to their practices that they assume are healthy and sort of get more in tune with their bodies and listen. And if you have symptoms, you know, especially ones that have to do with um, fertility issues or what have you, ladies, um, sort of pay attention and investigate whether you're sort of putting too much um, strain on your body because that can be an issue. So other things, I mean, and then there's a whole lot of stuff that comes with that. You know, there's this um, whole industry, right? The whole, our whole culture is mm. subsumed by, um, you know, the idea that the way you look, particularly for women, increasingly for men, the way you look uh, in part defines your worth. It defines your worth among your friends and your gender, right, around women, but also men are also taught to objectify us, right? We're women and men are taught to objectify women in different ways. Um, and that becomes hugely problematic. And this industry, you know, I mean, we do it naturally, but also it's a little bit pushed on us by the media and by people who are trying to sell us things because the lower your self-worth is, the more stuff you buy, right? Like it's tragic and it's mm -hmm. true. And I personally, like when I'm feeling heartbroken, I go shopping. Like absolutely. <laughs> that's the number, that's the first thing I yes. do. Um, and it, it feels good, which is, I don't know, I'm aware of it. So maybe that makes it okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, and we do this because we sort of pound into our heads over and over again, so subconsciously on a daily basis. You know, we look at magazine covers, we watch movies where everybody is really like thin, like this is just what we do. And we end up finding that you know, we attach morality to it, right? You're a good person if you're a thin. You're a bad person if you're not. You're um, lazy, lazy if you're, right? You're lazy if you're overweight. You're shameful. Um, all of these sorts of things. Um, I know that Noelle feels very strongly about this too. Um, yeah, because yeah, uh, she stands very strongly uh, on the idea that, you know, there's no such thing as a moral choice when it comes to food, right? There, um, There's nothing evil about choosing to eat one thing or another, you know, having white bread or having grain or not having bread. Um, you know, there are better or worse decisions, but you're not a bad person, especially for things that, you know, you've done in your past. So these are things that we sit with. And, you know, I encourage people to just be a little bit mindful about it because for women and men both um, – once you kind of start to see what's going on, you see it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's such good points, I think, Stephanie. And, and we do have such a commercial culture that, that really is built around teaching people they're not good enough by themselves, you know, that, that they need mm. external stuff to make them good enough, you know. And, and it's, a, mm. you know, it's a great way to sell products, but, it, but it's not necessarily a great way to build up a, an awesome, healthy society. So, um Noelle, it sounded like you were ready to sort of jump in with some, some additional information there. Did you want to have, a, have something to say on that topic too? 
Get on the yeah, box. Well, you know, I, no, no, no. I just, I was going to say, because what you just said was, was, you know, right on point. Shame is an incredibly powerful motivator. My background is in marketing. And so when we feel shame, you know, when we feel unworthy, uh, we are driven to like, you know, we, that is the most powerful motivator that we can have. We're going to, we're going to be driven to do whatever it needs to do to rid ourselves of that shame. And so the fitness and diet industry uses this. Uh, all the time. And so they, they, it, you know, th- through subliminal ways, um, tell us that we are unworthy, something's wrong with us. But guess what, you know, they have the magic pill, the, you know, don't worry, we have the answer. And yeah. so that's how a lot of these diet, um, you know, and fitness plans, the fitness industry is, is unbelievable. It's really become one that simply tells people, you you're not good enough. Um, here's a program that's going to help you get there. And it really isn't. It has nothing to do with helping people achieve their goals, making their body more capable. It's really just one track focused. It has nothing to do with fitness anymore and ever, everything to do with, you know, getting people to believe that something's wrong with them and they need to change their body. Something's wrong with their body. So they have the magic pill to fix it, which, by the way, you know, lots of the things that we're told is wrong or bad about our body, like cellulite or whatever is very natural and normal and is not bad or wrong and doesn't have any negative health consequences. So it's like, you know, society has told us, oh, these are all flaws. Here's here's the secret to fixing them. Now we're going to sell you all the stuff so that you can fix it. And, you know, once you kind of, like Stephanie said, lift the veil and get, you know, see beyond outside of that. You, when you look inside and you see this like whole, you know, interaction happening, you can you can really pinpoint it and see it in this marketing and, and, and just the diet and fitness industry as a whole. Um, and, and it's nice when you can remove yourself from it and say, I'm not going to be a part of that anymore. You know, I'm not going to believe what they what they're saying. So, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's not just the health and fitness industry we're getting those messages from either, is it? I mean, it's, you know, companies wanting to sell us cola, you know, it's companies wanting to sell us uh, phones, you know, this notion yep. that, you know, you're not good enough by yourself that if you really want to be cool, then you need to smoke this brand of cigarettes or, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it's it's just uh, it, we're encapsulated in it from a very young age, uh, just getting marketed to on so many different levels, even beyond the health and fitness stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the the paleo, and I guess particularly women on paleo. Um, you know, my question, I guess, I was I was wanting to ask was, you know, what are women doing wrong on paleo? And obviously, from the conversation we've just had, it, you know, if it wasn't clear already, it's clear that you know it's not about doing right or wrong. Um, but but you know, in terms of uh, women approaching paleo, they're often being being told that they need to do, you know, X, Y, Z. You mentioned intermittent fasting before. Um, and sometimes these things may not work for all women. So, um, just as they may not work for all men as well, I guess. But, um, you know, what are some of the challenges women are having with the paleo diet? And what are some, I guess, common um, errors they can make in that they're, they're trying to live someone else's paleo diet? Steffi, this is <laughs> yeah. all you. <laughs> Me, this is my uh, – yeah. Yeah. So – Yes, you are correct. I think intermittent fasting is really big. It's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty impactful, you know, and I do get women, I have a um, blog post that was reasonably paleo viral a few years ago about intermittent fasting and women do chime in and often say, no, fasting is great for me. I'm like, that's fine. But there's hundreds of um, other people saying, oh my God, I stopped sleeping. Like, you know, I lost my sex drive. I lost my period. I got acne X, Y, Z. Um, because it's starving. So that's one thing. Um, under eating is another, uh, you know, this whole idea of, um, never being full or we also tend to regiment in paleo, how many meals you should eat. People are like three a day. 
<laughs> or two or something, you know, and no snacks, period. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's, it's hard for me because I think when women force themselves to go hungry, it's, um, it's problematic. Uh, not all the time, of course, you know, and if you like make sure that you're hungry before a meal, that's great. But if you get hungry and then you get like excited and you're like, all right, like I ain't eating for a while, um, that can over time uh, actually become a problem. And if you're trying to lose weight, be antagonistic to your weight loss in the long run. Um, I see a lot of that in my community. I think Noelle and I see that all the time. You know, your thyroid levels actually uh, depress so when you're not feeding yourself, you know, and when you're, when you have like hunger stimulating stuff going on, when there's ghrelin running around, um, these sorts of things <laughs> kicking around Noel, these sorts of things yeah. will, um, will, will not be good for sort of anything in the long run. So there's that, um, low carb diets can also be problematic. You know, some women, especially, um, older women, you know, low carbohydrates are fine, but if you're trying to be fertile, you know, um, carbohydrates can be really important for, um, women's health more. I think I would say more so than men because the female body is so sensitive to being starved and so many women deal with thyroid issues. And, uh, often we see that women, um, need some glucose, you know, some stuff to make sure that, you know, their thyroid levels stay, um, healthy. So I would say, um, under eating in any form, whether that means fasting or low calories or, you know, restricting yourself is, is a big food problem. I think a low carb diet is a big food problem. I think sometimes women might wrestle with this more than men. I think being, I know that this is going to sound weird, but like being too paleo. <laughs> um, and I'm not one of those people who walks, who wears a t-shirt that says like, I'm 80, 20 paleo. I don't know what this means. Um, but I do think that um, some people, if they set really hard rules for themselves, like a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that an autoimmune diet, an autoimmune paleo diet is the healthier version of paleo. <laughs> you know, people think that the more things you cut out, the better you are. But I think a healthy paleo diet is much more about what you include than about necessarily what you exclude. And of course, you know, um, keeping toxins and stuff to a minimum is very important, but to continue to eliminate things from your diet is not necessarily best. So people will try to be like a really strict um, autoimmune paleo protocol or maybe even just a whole 30, right? People will try to, um, you know, never have a legume or never um, have potatoes or never have carbs or whatever being too clean. And then they end up falling off the wagon because it's too hard to maintain. And then they, they go back to eating crap. Yeah. And so it's, it's really important, I think, to sort of um, be mindful of how you're psychologically positioned with your food. Because yeah. um, women just, it's so hard having spent their whole lives dieting to get out of the mindset of, um, you know, being on and off this wagon and um, failing and then the guilt and the shame and all the stuff that Noelle and I hate sort of yeah. floods in and it's terrible. And so. I, I guess mm -hmm. a really important part of that is understanding the impact of stress on your body and that if you're stressing mm -hmm. yourself out to that level trying to eat exactly the right thing, then the, the stress of trying to do that can be actually more impactful on your body than, than whatever that quote-unquote cheat meal you may have had, you know, uh, and so understanding how that stress response works in our body and, and trying to keep our body healthily mentally um, can actually have a bigger impact on us getting whatever the results are we're looking for than, you know, than whether mm -hmm. we happen to eat that particular food or not on that particular occasion. 
Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> Go. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, yes, that is so uh, – thank you. I'm so happy that some – especially a male figure gets it. Uh, <laughs> you know, the the fe- – <laughs> the fe- and that's, you know, one of those things we say all the time and so many women beat themselves up for, you know, whatever, eating a cupcake. And we're like, you know, eating – if you just ate the cupcake and moved on and didn't have all this shame and guilt and, and beat yourself up for it. Um, you'd probably like, you know, that's one of my things that I say often is like, Hey, you know what? You're, you're going to do a lot less damage to yourself just by eating the cupcake, as opposed to continuing to try to push yourself to restrict, 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 restrict to then when you get to the point where you're beat down mentally and emotionally, then you eat the cupcake anyway, and you eat two more afterwards. So it's just like, you know, there has to be balance. There has to be, um, you know, a, a kind of a balance of eating intuitively, making sure that you're including, you know, some, some carbohydrate and stuff like that and being aware of what your body needs. But also it, you don't have to have to eat paleo 100% of the time, all of the time to have a healthy body. There's no such thing as the perfect diet and being perfect 100% of the time. And so when you allow for flexibility, you have much more stability long term, and you have you 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 free yourself of these massive fluctuations, which can include you know restriction, then binging, uh, then mental and emotional stress, and the guilt and the shame and all that stuff that comes with it. So. Yeah. yeah, and and I guess that conversation even becomes tricky for some people as well because some people have you know genuine intolerances where you know they do sure. just need to avoid certain foods too. So you know I think sometimes we'll sort of sit there and say, well, you don't have to just avoid foods all the time. And then there are other people who sort of come back to you and say, well, you know, you're not me. <laughs> like you don't get my body. If I eat that food, you know, this is the reaction I get. And so um, you know just just as a shout out to those people who do have some of those genuine intolerances that you know we understand that can make it harder too. And I guess that kind of leads into my next point, Stephanie, is that, um, you know, what we're really saying for, for girls and for guys is that they need to find out what works for them, you know, rather than being influenced by what they've read on a particular blog or what society is telling them or what the paleo guru is telling them. They need to really try and figure out what's going to work for them. You know, Noel just used the term eating intuitively. Um, you know, how do, we he- how do we help people figure out what version of the paleo diet or even not the paleo diet um, is best for them? What, what's the best way for them to gauge that and to try and work it out? Um, carefully. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it takes time. I want to just oh, throw patience course, out there. And I think, you know, some people need to rigorously track, you know, make an Excel spreadsheet and every day, you know, type up your uh, what you're doing and the symptoms you experience you might want to do something like that. I personally feel that that level of control um, in some of my endeavors, it, it makes me a little bit neurotic. And so I try to kind um, to of toe the line between being really dialed into a you know specific um, plan for noticing and just sort of gently keeping track in my life. So I would just advise people to like, do something that you think is helpful. Keep everything else the same. Do something you think might be helpful. Do paleo, right? If you've never cut out grains and legumes and dairy completely, you know, for a few weeks, you know, if you've never done that, do that, you know, do a whole 30 or whatever. Um, Do that and see, just see, you know, you never know until you try. I tell people this all the time, you know, they're like, oh, what effect are carbs going to have on me? I'm so scared. I'm like, well, just you could eat one. (laughs) (laughs) find out. Um, and, and do that, you know, it's really hard when we talk about food sensitivities, because if you have, if you have a problem, right, you don't know what to cut out, 
you don't know what to add in. Um, a lot of people then you end up doing something, you know, saying like, oh, I'm just I literally one time read that somebody was eating like lettuce and raspberries mm. because everything else they were they were testing as a problematic food. But when you cut all of the good, important stuff out of your diet, you then end up finding uh, that you're going to it's going to be actually harder for your body to tell you what's going on because you have symptoms because you're eating nothing but raspberries. Yeah. So. Um, so it's important to, you know, be good, yeah, you know, be, uh, be well, treat yourself well and pay attention to your symptoms. You know, when you have a meal, be like, are you, what was in that meal? How did it feel? That sort of thing. Um, and just be really mindful about effects that things have on you over time. And then you can really, you can really find a way to narrow down what your issues are. Like, that's absolutely a thing. I have solved so many so many of my health problems, I had headaches every day as a child growing up that I now don't have. Um, I had really terrible acne. You know, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's just I've had so many things that um, took some time. You know, the acne really took some time. Um, but if you pay attention on a daily basis, you you will find answers. And, um, you know, I'm talking about food sensitivities right now, but the same goes for how much you exercise, you know, how you sleep at night. Um, any supplements that you might be taking, all that sort of stuff. Um, just pay attention. Don't try to change too much at once um, and have a little bit of patience. And I think that you will gradually find um, a way to better, you know, better wellness. I love that, Stephanie. You know, that, that one phrase you said, which was do something you think might be helpful is almost like that's almost the answer to everything. <laughs> you know, like it's like mm, yeah, just tr just try something. Just start somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even matter where and just do something that you think might be helpful because it really is that process of trial and error that really is kind of the only way to, to get anywhere with your health and wellness. You know, we're all different, we're all unique. And and if you just mm -hmm. start and just try something, you know, then at least you're giving yourself the opportunity to figure out whether it works or not, you know, the, the, whatever it is you do, you, you find out whether that works for you or not. And, and it could make you feel horrible and that would actually be a step in the right direction. You know, you've at least, you, you're kind of like Thomas yeah. Edison with a light bulb, you know, you've at least found one way that it doesn't work. Um, so, mm -hmm. I love that sentence. I just think that's great. Um, girls, we're already out of time. I feel like we've only just started <laughs> with all the things I could talk to you about. It's been a awesome conversation. Um, but I want to make sure I, I let people know about you and where they can find you um, so that we're heading them in the right direction. So um, now, Noel, uh, we mentioned your, your website before, but it's coconutsandkettlebells.com and everyone can go there and find out heaps of information about you. Um, they can also find out about your product, uh, which you've got, which is Strong From Home. Do you want to very briefly tell us about Strong From Home, Noel? I know that's something you're very passionate about and have been putting a lot of work into. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you can just go to strongfromhome.com. It's just basically a um, customizable home-based workout program that can be done anywhere. So, you know, all the workouts in, in the program are um, able to be done anywhere. But sort of like our discussion here, which is customize it to you, that's kind of my approach with fitness because I see a lot of people have these hang-ups with, I think I need to do CrossFit or I need to do running, you know, X amount of times a week in order to get fit and that's not how it works. And often, um, you know, that we run into burnout and a lot of people fall off the wagon, so to speak, because they make, they create plans or try to follow plans that aren't right for them. So teaches people how to create plans that are right for them. So yeah, strongfromhome.com. 
Perfect. And Stephanie, uh, everyone can find out all about you at paleo4women.com. Um, but you've also got a book called Sexy by Nature. Do you want to give us the, the, the quick elevator pitch for that one too? Yeah, I really love um, Sexy by Nature. I have always called it a uh, women's paleo women's health manifesto. Um, it talks a lot about female health problems, but is also bookended by really important um, chapters on uh, sort of the norms that we live in in society and how they make us physically unhealthy and then how to move beyond that and love your body and feel confident and just like super boss. Um, and I'm just, I'm a really big fan of that. So yeah, it's my, you know, I've got a program for weight loss and a program for overcoming PCOS on my paleo women site, but this book is like, it's definitely the most fun introduction to what I do. So I, I do recommend it. Perfect. And obviously, everyone can find out about your podcast. Um, they can look it up on iTunes, the Paleo Women Podcast. Um, and they can also find you on Instagram, which is all one word, Paleo Women Podcast as well. Um, so, thank you so much, girls. It's been an awesome conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on board. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, we'll be able to speak to you again sometime soon. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much for having us. Um, yeah, thank you, loves. Thank you. For everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.